I want you to go in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings in the Old Testament. It's not hard to find. It's right, right before 2 Kings. Amen. 1 Kings chapter number 20. 1 Kings chapter number 20. And I want to preach along these lines this morning. What to do when the devil threatens to enter your home. That's the message today. What to do when the devil threatens to enter your home. I want to use one verse of scripture from my text this morning. Verse number 6 of 1 Kings chapter number 20. What has happened here? Ben-Hadad is the king of Syria. And he has already come to Ahab's house and taken away his wives, the gold and the silver and everything that he has. He's taken away from him. So how many of you know the devil's not satisfied with just taking part of what you have? He wants to take everything you've got. I know that from personal experience and I know it from watching people's lives. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse number 6. Yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search thine house and the houses of thy servants, and it will be that whatsoever is pleasant in their eyes, they will put it in their hand and they will take it away. So here is this ungodly king telling the king of Israel, I'm coming to your house. And my servants are coming. Because see, when the devil comes, he don't come by himself. He brings all his imps and helpers with him. And this, this king says, I'm coming to your house, and I'm bringing my servants with me, and I'm going to walk through your house, and whatever I see that I want, I'm going to take it. Now, mind you that he's already taken the man's wife away from him. He's already taken his gold and his silver. So he comes back a second time, and he says, Now, I'm taking over your house. So I want to preach this morning on the subject of what to do when the devil threatens to enter your home. Father, I thank you for the anointing on your word today. Thank you for the anointing on the music. Now, Lord, I would ask for your help today, God, that you would give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord, that I may relay what you've given me in secret. Lord, I now make it public before your people today, God. Take this word and change somebody's life today, and I'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In these last days, I don't have to tell you that American homes are under siege and assault like never before. The enemy has moved into most homes in America, especially if they're non-Christian. And can I tell you what? When the devil moves into your house, it's going to be hard to evict him. When the devil moves into your house, he'll take your best recliner. He'll take your remote controller out of your hand. He'll send your wife in there to fix him some peanuts and popcorn. He will take his, he will take his liberty in your house. And when he gets in there and gets a foot in your home, it's hard to evict him. He, he don't want to leave because he makes himself comfortable. But American homes are under assault, especially non-Christian homes. As you know, you're thinking about families right now where the enemy has moved into their home. They no longer serve God. They no longer read their Bible. They no longer have devotions together. They no longer spend time in prayer. The enemy has come in and he has made abode in the non-Christian homes of this world. The days in America... The days of the Waltons, the days of Little House on the Prairie, the days of Father Knows Best, those, those, those days for the most part are long gone in America, and the devil is making an assault upon homes in America. And I've said this before, if you want revival in America, you've got to have revival in the local church. And if you want revival in the local church, you've got to have revival in the home. And if you want revival in the home, you've got to have revival in you. Revival never starts as a mass movement. Revival starts when one person will draw a circle around themselves and say, let it start inside this circle, amen. But I want to talk to you this morning about the home. 
I mean, the enemy is coming to people's homes, and he's trying to kick the front door in. He's trying, he'll come through the back door. He'll come through the window. However the enemy can make a foothold in your house, that's what he's doing this day and hour. And I want to I give you some points about what to do when the enemy comes and tries to threaten to move into your home. Now, this isn't going to be a shouting, jumping up and down, running the aisle message today. This is going to be a word, though, for somebody that's in this audience today. And I want to tell you what to do when your home becomes under assault of the enemy. And the first thing I want to tell you is found in verse number 8. When, the, when King Ahab comes and he says, this evil king is coming and he's threatening to take over my home, what should we do? And verse number 8 says, And all the elders and all the people said unto him, Don't hearken unto him or consent unto his wishes. The first thing you've got to do when the enemy tries to assault your home is this. Don't compromise with his demands. Don't give in to what he, want, he demands of you. you I, I saw a, sign on a, church, a, a, a message on a church sign that I really love. And it says this. It says, You give the devil an inch and he will become your ruler. And how many of you know that's true? You give the devil an inch and he will become your ruler. And I want to tell you, the society that we're living in, this new age society that we're living in, is beginning to make its effect on the hearts and the minds of God's people everywhere, even in the deep south, even in Birmingham, Alabama, even in Andalusia, Alabama. The enemy is trying to get Christian people to compromise what they were raised on, what they believe. He's trying, the main thing he's trying to do is get us to compromise on this blessed book right here. And you cannot compromise the word of the living God. The devil is trying to get us to compromise when it comes to drink. You would not believe the so-called Christians that believe that it's okay to have wine now. You know, well, the Bible says, Brother Eddie, that just, you know, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Well, can I tell you something? It has been already been proven that wine, just like marijuana, is the gateway to harder drugs. And if you've ever messed with drugs, you know that's true. You start smoking pot. Next thing you know, somebody will offer you a pill. Next thing you know, somebody will offer you a snort. And it's a, just a downward progression. It's the same way with wine. When you start drinking wine, you know, I, I'm not, I, listen to me, I'm not, I'm not so narrow-minded that a mosquito could sit on the bridge of my nose and kick out both my eyeballs. <laughs> I'm not that narrow-minded. And I do realize that there's probably a select few that might could take a glass of wine at night, lay down and go to sleep, and it never bothered them. But for the most part, when you get one glass of wine, you'll have two. When you have two, you'll have three. And the next thing you know, you'll keep going down the road and you'll be drunk. And the Bible says no drunkard can enter the kingdom of heaven. And listen, friends, I'm, I'm of the belief that we should not touch strong drink. And all matter of fact, the book of Proverbs says, don't even look at it when it's red in the cup, when it starts to move. Don't, don't look at it. So the enemy's trying to get us to cave in to these kind of things. You know, it's okay just to have a little drink. I want to tell you right now, it's not okay. Amen. The devil is trying to get us to compromise when it comes to homosexuality and lesbian and transgender. I understand now in California that on their license, when you go apply for your life, you can choose, you can choose Male, female, or transgender. And I tell you what, it's, it's a confusion world when a person don't know what they are. And that's just a tactic of the enemy. Amen. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And the enemy's trying to get us to compromise in this area. 
And the enemy will move that right into your house now. He will move right into your house and he will try to take over. The enemy's trying to get us to compromise with television and movies. And, you know, people will tell you, well, it's okay to watch a little soft porn, whatever that is. I don't want you to understand what that is. But anyway, the enemy is making an assault on our homes, church. I know this isn't pleasant for me to talk about, but this is what God gave me and that's what I'm going to give you, amen. Let me tell you what, you cannot compromise with the enemy. Don't compromise with him. Don't bend. Stay where you're at in God. Stay firm to his word and don't compromise with what the enemy is trying, trying to do to us. Amen. Number two, verse number 13. We're looking at this whole chapter. And behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord, has thou not seen this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it unto thine hand this day, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. The second thing you need to do when the enemy's trying to make an assault on your home is to realize that you need a word from God. Get a word from the Lord and stand on it. Amen. We need to realize how powerful God is we're serving today. Uh, the society that we're living in would like to relegate our God to being about an inch high and, you know, he just don't work the way he wor used to work. The enemy wants to, wants to deregulate God's power. But I want to tell you what my Bible still says. All power has been given unto God in heaven and in earth. Amen. I want to remind you how big your God is today. There's nothing too hard for our God. No, no, no. Nothing too hard for our God. Our God is powerful. Our God is the God that parted the Red Sea. Our God is the God that made the walls of earth. Jericho come down. Our God is the God that made the sun stand still. Amen. And all power is given unto him in heaven and in earth and your God will come through. When you make a stand, when you stand firm for the principles of righteousness and purity and holiness, your God will come and fight on your behalf. Amen. Our God is still all powerful and when, when the enemy tries to assault your home, get a word from God and stand on that word. Amen. The third thing I want to tell you is found in verse number 22. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself and see what thou doest, for at the return of the year the king of Syria will come against thee. Now let me tell you something. Listen very carefully here. You may defeat the enemy one time, but Slewfoot will be back. He don't give up easy. So God brought a great victory to Ahab, but about a year later, the enemy showed up again. The enemy is trying to take us down, trying to tear us apart, and he will make an assault, and he will come over and over and over again. So what do you do? You strengthen your position. What do you mean, Brother Gossett, strengthen your position? You strengthen your position. You, you feed your faith on the Word of God. Somebody said feed your faith, and your doubts will starve to death. Amen. You need to strengthen your position. Amen. You need to get in the Word like you've never been in it before. A lot of people... Barely read the word. I want to challenge you to walk through the Walmart parking lot one day this week and look at all the Bibles you will see up on the dash of cars and vans and SUVs. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that people get out their Bible on Sunday morning. They bring it into the church house. They go back out to the parking lot. They throw their Bible up on the dash of the car so they won't forget it next Sunday. They get it out again next Sunday. That isn't how you strengthen your position. You strengthen your position by knowing what the word of the living God says. Now, I am a believer in this book. I read through the Bible every year, all the way through it. I've read through Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs, I, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and it's changed my life. 31 chapters in Proverbs, and I read through the book of Proverbs every month. Then I start and read it over again and again and again, and I've done that every year 
since June of 2011. In June of 2011, I started reading the book of Proverbs, and I've read it through every month since that date. Amen. So however many times that is from June 2011 to June of 2018, I've read Proverbs through that many times. And the Lord told me in January, I want you to start reading Ecclesiastes with it. So I started reading Ecclesiastes in the book of, uh, uh, in the month of January. And now I read Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes through two times in the month and Proverbs once every month. And I strengthen my position because the devil don't like me. <laughs> and he's proven that over and over and over again. He don't like me, but I got news for him. I don't like him either. But I'm going to strengthen my position. Feed your faith on the Word of God. You need to pray more than you've ever prayed. And I'm talking about not one of these little, I lay me down to sleep. I pray that my soul, the Lord, to keep. If I should die before I wake, so on and so forth. I, I'm, not, I'm talking about not praying that, just that, those kind of prayers or praying over your meal. I'm talking about you need to develop a concentrated prayer time where you meet with God every day. You unload your burdens. It will lift your spirits. It will bring you into a new anointing in your life you need to learn to pray you strengthen your position by reading the word of god and learning to pray amen and when you do that you will become strong in the lord strengthen your position let me say this too you have to strengthen your position against people too the enemy will use anybody he can to try to get you to compromise really what he's trying to do he's trying to get you to compromise and you will have well-meaning adults so-called educated folks <laughs> Amen. And you're not fully educated until you fully know what the Word of God says. Amen. But you will, you will meet so-called educated people that will tell you, well, you know, it's okay. My, my son's a homosexual, and it's really not that bad. And I'm not being ugly to anybody in here, so please don't start judging me. I know it probably breaks your heart. But they will try to get you to compromise and accept that kind of lifestyle. They, they will kind of do it in a subtle way and make you feel like if you don't accept it, you're just some kind of backwards hick from the hills and hollers of Alabama. You know, they'll, they'll try to get you to accept it. If you don't accept, you know, the new modern way of thinking, you're just, you know, you're just not hip. You're just not with it. You're just not in it. I mean, we'll have our kids to come, come to us. Our grandkids will say, well, yeah, my best friend, she, he's, he's, she, he's a homosexual. She's a lesbian, but she's a real good person. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll use things like that right there. They'll, they'll, they'll use backslidden preachers to tell you it's okay to compromise in these areas. And uh, I, 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 Marlene's friend is a doctor from, medical doctor from Israel, sent us something the other day, and I wrote some of this down. This is very important what I'm about to tell you. I want to talk to you about two books that's on the market right now that you need to be aware of, and some of you may have already heard of them, but there are two books called Conversations with God and Conversations with God for Teenagers. And they've been on the New York Times bestseller list for about six months now. They're in the Oprah Winfrey Book Club, and she's promoting it on her television show. And it's written by a guy named Neil D. Walsh, W-A-L-S-C-H. And he purports to be, when somebody sends him a question, he talks back to him like he's God. This man don't have a clue who God is. And it goes contrary to what the word of the living God is. But I'm here to tell you the day and hour that we're living in. And this is why I'm bringing this up. It's the, the title sounds harmless. Conversations with God and conversations with God. But you know the devil will clothe himself as an angel of light. He will take something that looks good, sounds good. And it does sound good. But in this, in this book... This man purports to answer various questions proposed to him by different teenagers and different other people. And here's, here's some of the examples of what we're facing in the society that we're living in. 
He goes contrary to what the Word of God says. One question, a girl wrote him and asked, why am I a lesbian? His answer, as he's proposedly speaking unto God, says this. Well, you were born that way just because of your genetics. Just forget about it and just go out and celebrate your differences. Just You were born that way, just forget about it and go out and celebrate your difference. Another question asked him, wrote him and asked him and said, I'm living with my boyfriend, and my parents says I'm living in sin. Should we get married? Should I marry him? This man spoke for God and said, who are, you, who are you sinning against? You're certainly not sinning against me, for you're doing nothing wrong. Another question came to this man about forgiveness of sin. His reply is, I do not forgive anyone because there's nothing to forgive. Are y'all getting a hold of this? There's no such thing as right or wrong. That's just what I've been trying to tell everybody for years. Just don't judge anybody. You know, because this is so wrong. My rule is judge not lest you be judged. And these books go on and on and on. And this guy ain't got a clue who God is because it goes contrary to the word of the living God. I don't care who you hear. If they get up and say something that is not backed up by the word of God, not supported by the word of God, run. Amen. Because it's not true. But these are the kind of things that our society is being bombarded with. And people that don't really know the word and don't know God, they're easily led astray and they're going down a path that, that they should never be on. So you better strengthen your position. You better get into the Word of God and get into prayer and strengthen your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Number four, I'm talking about what to do when the enemy seeks to assault your home or to enter your home. It's found in verse number 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is not a God of the hill. The Lord is a God of the hills, and He's not a God of the valleys. Therefore, will I deliver this great multitude into Thy hand? After you strengthen your position, I want to let you know that God can give you victory a second time and a third time if He has to. His power is unlimited. Amen. Even at the deck stacked against you, see these these kings. There was thirty-two kings that was coming against him, and in the natural, it looked impossible for this. For this king to win the war. There was 32 armies come against him. But the prophet of God showed up and said, Listen, because, they, because these people are saying that God is just a God of the hills, he's not a God of the valley, God will deliver you a second time. I want to let you know God will help you a second time and a third time. God will come to you as many times as you need to to defeat the enemy that's attacking your home. Don't give in, amen. And you read verse number 29. The Bible says that the, uh, the Israelites killed 100,000 footmen in one day. When God shows up on the scene and helps you fight your battle, you can always win. Amen. Hallelujah. So God brought a, brought a great victory to the people of Israel. And after that, the kings, the heathen kings gave up and said, let's, let's appear before Ahab and see if he will, you know, give us a little mercy. Can I tell you what? You need to be a great dispenser of mercy to people, but not to the devil. You, you can't be nice to the devil. You can't pat, pat him on the back and say, oh, we, we can be buddies. You know, everything's going to be all right. Let me tell you, you cannot be friends with the enemy, uh, friends with your enemy. You can't pet a rattlesnake without getting bit. bit. You, can't, you can't compromise with the devil and think you're going to get by. And so in verse number 32, I want you to look how ridiculous this was. Verse number 32, 
It says they girded, talking about the kings that were defeated, girded sackcloth on their loins, put ropes on their heads, and came to the king of Israel and said, Thy servant Ben-Hadad says, I pray thee, let me live. And Ahab responded, Is he alive? He's my brother. Can I tell you like one of my evangelist friends used to say, Dummy, dummy, dummy. Here's this heathen king shows up. That the very one now that had already took his gold, already took his silver, and already took his wives away from him, the very one that said, I'm coming into your house and taking whatever I want to take from you, he didn't get killed in this war. So he comes now, and say, you got to realize how slick your enemy is. See, he comes, and he's still trying to get in his house. But he comes and says, oh, I, I've done wrong now. Just, just forgive me and have mercy on me. And, and Ahab said, oh, yeah, I forgive you. You're my buddy. You're my friend. You're my brother. Can I tell you this? Here's my last point is this. Once you have defeated the enemy in your life, don't embrace him. Don't make friends with him. Don't play around. You've got to completely destroy the enemy. Because this enemy is not unlike any other enemy in the world. The Bible says he's come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the Bible says he's cunning. He'll change into an angel of light. So when the enemy comes to your house, don't play around with that, y'all. He's not only after you, he's after your children and your grandchildren. He's after your finances. He's after your health. He's after anything that he can get into. Don't be friends with him. Defeat him and destroy him and run for him. I, I, I'm not going to compromise with the enemy. I'm not going to allow the enemy into my home. Anyway, the devil's afraid to come to my house because Marlene's in there. <laughs> I tell you what, there's nothing like having a godly Christian home. Amen. If you've got a Christian spouse, male or female, that loves the Lord, you're one blessed individual. Amen. I'm so glad that Marlene and I see eye to eye on the things of God. We have our devotions together every morning. We take communion together every morning because we're believing God to heal her body. Amen. And we do not allow compromise in our home. So my message to you this morning is this. Don't allow compromise to come to your home. I don't care if it's your kids, your grandchildren, your best friends. If they go against the word of God, you've got to stay with the word, folks. You've got to stay with the book. So don't compromise and allow the enemy to come into your house. Because like I said, when he comes, he'll come in, he'll make himself comfortable. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll get in your best recliner. I, when I go to people's homes, when I walk into their living room, I kind of look around a little bit, not being nosy, but I mark the head honcho's chair. You know what I'm talking about? Every man has got their own chair. And somebody says, come over here and sit down, brother Gossett. No way, no way am I going to ever sit in that house, uh, in that chair, because I know whose chair that is, amen. But the devil didn't like that. The devil will come into your house, look at the best chair in the house. He'll run over and sit down in it, flop in it. Then he'll, he'll snap his fingers and have your wife bringing him things. And he likes it so much. He's so comfortable. You're never going to get him out of there without some real hard praying. So just don't let him in the house to start with, amen. Just don't compromise, church. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what we need to do today? We need to make a new commitment to the Lord. We need to make a commitment to serve God and put Him first. We need to make a commitment that we're going to rededicate our homes to the Lord. That's my message today. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a minute.
Father, I know I've been obedient to you, and I preach what you told me to preach this morning. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to touch every family in the sound of my voice, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to minister to every person, Lord, that's here sitting and listening to this message, Lord. I pray, Lord, that there's people that have compromised with the enemy, that, God, they would no longer allow it to happen. They would make a new stand and say, I am not going to compromise my convictions. I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to go with God's word. I'm going to be obedient to his word. Lord, and I pray, God, that you would give us the strength and the courage, Lord, to stand for righteousness, purity, and holiness in these last days, God. I pray that you would guard our families, God, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the mothers and the fathers and the grandmothers and the granddaughters, Lord, that are, that are making a move, God, towards you, God. Lord, that you would help them. You would come, Lord, and you would rout the enemy for them. You would defeat them in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me.